This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, December 4, 2020, right in the middle of the holiday season. And December is the final month of the year, so in the final month of the fourth quarter, so we're, you know, we get to look back at the year in January and say, boy, that, I'm glad that year is done. I know you, I know I will be. I don't know about you, but we've had a pretty tough year in our family. You know, my wife's father, father my father-in-law passed away, and we've had a, a, you know, we've had some tragedies this year. And it's been a tough year, and I'll be happy when it's passed. And, of course, there's, you know, the market, the stock market hasn't done too bad, but it certainly has been super volatile on an update today. Well, and I'll say this, the volatility is not going to stop yet. You know, we still, I'm thinking, you know, it probably will slow down the excess volatility. The market's always volatile, but the excess volatility will probably slow down next year. 2021. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and today on this podcast, this radio show, I'm going to do my best to give you the answers that you need or ask for. As long as they're financial, I'll be happy to talk to you. Any financial questions are welcome. And I will provide any strategies or answer any questions about strategies you might have, you know, and how to deal with that volatility. We'll talk about that. But of course, you have to call. 888-99-CHART is our number. This is a call-in show. 888-992-4278. Well, the market had a pretty good day this week. That means it had a pretty good week. Dow's up 249. The Nasdaq up 30. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the Nasdaq up 87. And the S&P up 32. Have you noticed that the Nasdaq is up less and has been up less than the other two indexes? See, that's one of the hints that you know that we're having a little transition from growth to value. The NASDAQ is just full of growth stocks. That's what it's full of. And take a look at the big tech stocks, the FANG stocks. You'll see that they're not falling by any means. They're not. But they're not, they're not doing what they were doing. They're going kind of sideways. But not the rest of the market. They're not the value parts of the market. They're rising. Did you see the big oil companies today? They're up 3% or more. So we you're seeing a little transition, and I think that's going to continue. I really do. Well, we're ready to hear from you. We want to hear all your financial questions, and of course, those people that call after hours leave their questions, and we get to them during the show. So here's a call that came in earlier. Hi, Stephen Justin. I have a quick question about a company called Bristol Myers Squibb, BMY. I just want to know what your thoughts are about it. I'm thinking about buying the stock. I'm bullish on the new drug to have myocardia, and that Warren Buffett bought a bunch of Bristol Myers at around $60. So I just want to know your thoughts about the company, and do you think that it is a good value play right now, or do you think it would be better to buy it on a pullback? Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to hearing your comments on the podcast. Thank you. 
Okay, BMY, Bristol, Bristol, Bristol Myers Squibb. Um, you know, that's a combination of a bunch of companies they, they bought some time ago. BMY, Bristol Myers Squibb. They were all three different companies. Uh, BMY is the symbol. It's big, $140 billion in size. Um, get the software here. Let me get that out. Get that out of there. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Take a look at the um, the earnings. They, you know, they're a big company. They've earned their money over years, and they're going to make seven dollars and forty-seven cents next year per share. It's a sixty-two dollars stock. Okay. So when do you buy a stock? That's as big as Bristol Myers. That makes money as Mr. Myers. His sales are growing. When do you buy it? If you don't buy it now, if you don't buy it when it's cheap. When do you buy it? I mean, if you look at a chart, it's pretty much going sideways. It's not nothing excited, exciting. But as it goes sideways and the earnings increase, they're going to make six dollars and thirty-eight cents this year. They made four dollars and nine cents next year. They're going to make seven dollars and forty-seven cents next year. When do you buy it? You don't want to buy it when it's making 52-week highs. Yeah, you buy it now. Yeah, the, the chart is moving sideways. You're going to get a 2.9% dividend, and as long as it moves sideways, you'll make 3% a year, right? And one of these years, it's going to pop up because of the earnings. Okay, think about it this way. I'll, I'll, let me do it a different way. They're going to make $7.47 next year. Back in 2015, they made two dollars and one cent per share. Now they're going to make seven forty-seven next year. The stock was as high as seventy. In the next year, 2016, they made two eighty-three. From two hundred one to two eighty-three, the stock went up as high as seventy-seven. Now they're going to make more than much more than twice that, and it's at sixty-two. About looking at it that way. This is a value stock. Remember I told you, we're rotating the value. This is the kind of stocks I would uh, definitely be uh, interested in. I would be. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's no denying it. Winter is already here in many parts of the country. Some people like it. Skiers do. Snowboarders do. That's for sure. And I have relatives. We are all Southern California relatives, right? I mean, that's where my family is. But we got some people up in Washington. Not too many skiers, though. Not too many snow people. But I did have a brother-in-law who was uh, who was on the what are the ski the ski patrol. Loved him. He was younger. Okay, so time to give us a call. We'll talk about that if you want. We should talk about maybe your participation in the program. You make you are an important part of the mix, everybody. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Look at the calendar. It's December, and the markets have been interesting. So you've got finance and investment questions for Steve and Justin. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, and your calls are welcome now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today. Can you plot your timeline to earn a million dollars in the market? Become a millionaire? Can you plot a timeline to get there? And the answer is actually yes, you can. 
And it's not, it's not as impossible as people seem to think. It, it really isn't. Um, but that's going to be our main talking point today, using stock market to become a millionaire. And you know, it doesn't take a genius what it takes, patience and persistence. And I think too many people want to get rich quick. And that's not happening in the stock market. The problem I have, the, the thing that the problem I'm fighting against is it has happened to people in the past. You can get rich quick. But for you and me and a normal person, that's, that's, that's like winning the lottery. But you can get rich slowly. You can. So, coming up next on the show, I will give you my view on that particular story, by the way. So, other topics I want to discuss. Um, the, did you see that $7 billion came out of an S&P ETF in one day? It was Vanguard's ETF. $7 billion in one day. How come, the, how come it didn't affect it? I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about how that happened. Um, I want to talk about uh, the payroll numbers. Uh, the jobs report came out today. We'll discuss that. Uh, and a legendary macro hedge fund manager, Paul Tudor. What is he saying about next year's economy and stock market? Really very bullish, really. So those are things we can talk about today if you want to. Talk about them. If, if you don't call, these are the things I will talk about. Because that's my job. So let's go ahead and put another caller question here. This one came in earlier in Los, from Los Angeles. Hey, guys. This is Kevin from Los Angeles. So I had a question in regards to saving for taxes on the gains that you receive in uh, your different brokerage accounts. So I have a rollover 401k that I turned over to an IRA that I've been doing some trading with. I'm assuming I don't have to pay taxes for those until I retire. I just want to go ahead and double check with that. And then I also do have my other uh, personal brokerage account where uh, I keep stocks for you know several months or, or long-term ones. And I'm curious, how do you prepare for taxes on those? I've certainly had some gains in some and some losses in others. So I'm curious as to how that you know, obviously balances out come tax time. But I uh, love the show, and thanks for answering my question. Okay, first of all, on the 401k rolled into an IRA, any retirement account, any trading you do and tax losses or tax gains, capital loss, capital gains, no taxes are considered at all. Only when you start taking that money out at retirement, then that money is counted as income to you, and you are taxed at the ordinary income rate, uh, for that year that you take the money out. The theory is that hopefully you'll be in a low bracket because you're retired and don't have active income, so the tax numbers will be low. Concerning uh, tax loss selling, they call that tax loss selling at the end of the year. What you want to do is you want to look at your long-term capital gains and your short-term capital gains. Long-term capital gains are gains made holding an equity over a year or longer. Short-term is anything under less than a year. Then you look at what you what gains you made this year. You actually incurred them. You sold the position. You made profits or losses. Then you want to compare the losses, short-term losses against short-term gains and long-term losses against long-term gains. And whatever's left over, if you have a gain still, you right now, before the end of the year, you look at your current portfolio 
and see if you can take any long-term or short-term losses, trigger them by selling the positions to apply to your gains so that you don't have to pay taxes. If you can't, you can't. But you look at it. You see if you can't. And if you still really like those positions and you really don't want to get out of them, well, you can sell them now, wait 31 days, and buy them back. Or if it's like in a, a, an ETF, sell that ETF and go buy another ETF that does the exact same thing. Or let's say you have, um, you know, like a stock like ExxonMobil and you have a big loss and you want to take it. Sell ExxonMobil, buy Chevron right to now. You can buy Exxon 31 days from now if you want to buy it back. So, you know, it's, it, you, know you, you have to consider taxes as part of your job as managing your money. Okay, since it's Friday, you know I give you some benchmark numbers. The two-year Treasury yield is at 0.153, and the 10-year Treasury yield is at 0.96. You'll notice that the spread is getting wider. That's healthy. That's healthy for the stock market, healthy for the economy. Gold price at 18.38 per ounce. Have you noticed it's been moving up in the last few days? Have you noticed what the dollar's been doing in the last few days? Been moving down. The national average for gallon, a gallon of regular gasoline, two dollars and sixteen cents in California. It's always going to be a dollar or more, three dollars and eighteen cents. There's absolutely no reason why it is a dollar more, except that, except that uh, California likes more tax dollars. That's why. Now, I'm going to find it fascinating when, you know, California said, we don't want any more, less, no more gasoline cars. It's in 2030, uh, 2025, 2030, I don't know, whenever that day, 2035. Okay. What are they going to do about tax dollars? They still have roadways they need to keep up. Hmm. They're going to tax those electric vehicles differently? How? How are they going to? No, you're going to have to. Going to have to. Interesting, huh? How's that going to work out? I don't know. I really don't know. No one really knows. Anyways, it's Friday, everybody. We're heading into a break. I will be sharing highlights from the new KPP new premium newsletter in a minute. But now, lines are open. Call me, 888-99-CHART. Let's take a quick look at your financial to-do list. At the top, make that phone call to the Invest Talk Anytime listener line. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will provide unbiased answers to your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to our friend Emilios, who lives in San Francisco. How are you doing, Emilios? Mr. Steve, sir, how are you? I am doing great. Weekend is here. Everybody's happy. <laughs> All right. I wish you the best. Uh, enjoy Thanks. it. I just wanted to find out about GDX, uh-huh. given the fact that uh, the, uh, for the hedging against uh, inflation. Okay. GDX, everybody, is the Vanag Vector Gold Miners Index. It's an ETF that tracks the gold miners. Okay. And, it, you know, it's had, like, since about August... It's been slowly weakening and weakening and weakening. Uh, it had a great move up from the low back in March, 
But since August, it's just kind of Miranda, you know, just moving around slowly. It's now finding support of the 200-day moving average. Frankly, I think, Emilios, you need to be buying it at this point, at this level. I think this is the time to really? buy it. Yes, because I think we may not have much inflation next year. may come in a later part of the year, but the year after, boy, I'm thinking we're going to that's inflation. And the reason also why I'm saying, have you looked at the dollar lately, Emilios? I, I know it's uh, getting weak. Yeah. Uh, 52 week low. Is, uh... 52 week low the last four or five days. Keep going down, down, but, down. That is usually very supportive of gold. And it hasn't been reflected in the gold price yet. So I'm thinking it's going to be. And you don't want to be late to the party. You want to be early to the party. <laughs> so go to the party. Thanks for the call, Emilios. Have a good weekend. My focus point today concerns this question. Can you plot your timeline to a million dollars net worth? Can, can, in other words, do you want to be a millionaire? I know I do. I mean, don't you want to be? Okay, so how do you get there? How can we all become a millionaire? It's not, you know, it's not as difficult as you might think. Everybody thinks it's, you know, something that, Oh, gee, that's something to go for, but I'm not going to. Okay, it's just simple, everybody. It really is. If you invest $100 in the S&P 500 and it returns its normal 8 9% long term, okay? If you invest $100 a month, $100 a month in an ETF that tracks the S&P 500, it'll take you 53 years and you'll be a millionaire. That's reinvesting the dividends from the, from the S&P 500. If you did $250 a month, it's going to take you 42 years. If you did $500 a month, 33 years. Now, if you have, if you have a lot of money, you did $1,000 a month, 25 years. 25 years, that's all. You'll be a millionaire. Now, will the market return 7 to 8%? Yeah. Over that period of time, 25 years? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, it will. It has in the past. Has every, I mean, and you take any time frame, and it probably has. I haven't studied that, but I'm pretty sure that. So you can be a millionaire as low as $100. You just got to wait 53 years to get there. It takes time and patience. And, you know, you got to be consistent with your money putting in every month. Think about that. That's only $1,200 a year. And, you know, you can't do that? You're telling me you can't do that. You can't put in your paycheck, you know, if you have a 401k, you can't you can't do that much? Yes, you can. Cut out the cut out the Starbucks coffee for a while. <laughs> cut something out to do it. See, I, too many people think it's too important to consume instead of save. Stop. Okay, don't stop consuming. Don't stop consuming. But stop consuming things you don't need. And I'd rather see you consume investments. It's your own money, and you're investing in yourself and your own future. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, I've always wanted to do that. Why wouldn't you? It's fun. It's fun to see your own finances grow. It really is. Okay, let's squeeze in another question. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Matt from Baltimore. First off, I want to thank you guys for your show. I listen every day. 
I was wondering your opinion on Cadell, Q-D-E-L. Uh, it's about a 22 PE right now, way off of its 52-week high. I owned it before, but panicked when it dropped in September, and I'm thinking about getting into it again in my IRA. Thank you, guys, and have a good night. Okay, let's take a look at that company, Quidel Corp. Q-U-I-D-E-L is, is the way you spell it. O Q D E L is the symbol. Develops a rapid diagnostic test for infectious diseases, women's health, and gastrotonitis, and all the kinds of diseases. Okay, so they're going to make a huge profit this year and next year. Seventeen dollars eighty-four cents. Next year, thirty-eight dollars. Well, you can understand why, right? But, you know, you got to be a little bit more careful with that. you really got to be careful with that. Is that kind of number sustainable? Is it sustainable? Uh, it's selling for $193. So if it's sustainable, this talk is really, really cheap. But I don't think it is because it's probably COVID-related, and I'd have to check that. Um, I'd have to be a little bit – I have to do some more investigation to see where their money's coming from before I really give you an answer. I'm sorry about that. Building a sound financial future requires a smart investment plan and, of course, a requirement that you have that you save money. Okay, since it's Friday, I thought it might, might be fun to point out that saving pennies can be very rewarding. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. When is a penny worth far more than a penny? Okay, give me an answer. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant 
with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Okay, I had a trivia question before the break. And before the break, you know, the question was, when is a penny worth far more than a penny? Worth far more than one cent. When is it? So, it's it, when it's rare, of course, right? That's pretty simple. So, here's the backstory here. Some of the most unusual pennies produced by the United States Mint were the 1943 silver pennies. I have three of those, the silver pennies. Most people believe that all pennies ever produced by the Mint were made of copper, and that's not true. In 1943, during World War II, the penny was made out of zinc-plated steel to save copper for the war effort. But there were billions of them, billions of them you know, it's stamped. So there's, it's not like they're rare, okay? Uh, so if you're a coin collector, what's a rare penny worth? In 1944, the mint, mint reverted to stamping copper or, or or bronze pennies. The coming presses then accidentally produced a very few 1944 pennies on zinc-coated steel blanks instead of bronze-type pennies. Anyways, they're called plain checks, okay? A, a, a plain check is a blank metal coin ready for stamping. So check your grandfather's coin collection. If you have a 1943 copper bronze penny or a 1944 steel penny, you probably have a treasure because there's not very many of those. 
they were stamped out by accident. How much of a treasure? In September 2012, collector Bob Simpson, co-chairman of the Texas Ranger Baseball Club, paid $1 million for the finest known 1943 S. Lincoln Wheat scent made from a bronze planchette. And by the way, the $1 million coin was discovered and sold by the teenager coin collector. <laughs> Instant millionaire. Instant millionaire. So, now I would not suggest coin collecting as a method to uh, get wealthy for your retirement. I would not suggest that. Okay, but it is kind of fun to do. Done it when I was a kid. We used to have those books that you put in the pennies, you know, for every year. And I happen to have three steel pennies. Pretty cool. Okay, let's go to Farhan in Fremont. How you doing, Farhan? Hey, Steve. Um, thank you for your show. Uh, thank, thank you for taking my calls. Uh, my question was about XLE. I have been building up half a position uh-huh. uh, uh, up to now, and I was wondering if you'd advise continue to build that position given the ramp up in prices as well as the incoming administration's focus on renewable energy. Okay, I probably would. I understand their focus. I do. I really, really do. Uh, XLE, everybody, is the ETF uh, seeking performance corresponding to the S&P Energy Select Sector Index. The reason why I say that, Farhan, is, yeah, I understand they're focusing on clean energy, and there's nothing we need to be investing in the clean energy. But we are so far away from that being a major part of our energy uh, needs that Oil and oil companies are going to be around for a number of couple, three, five decades, and they're going to recover. As soon as the economy, world economy starts recovering when we get the COVID vaccine, oil prices are going to rise because, not just because they're recovering, but also because we've been, been shutting down oil rigs for the last year or two. And now we had, we're going to have, you know, we had a glut of supply. Do you remember that before COVID? Everybody talking about the supply. We have way too much. I was saying that. Then we, we, you know, the supply now is kind of constrained compared to the, 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 the demand that's going to grow sharply here in this coming year. So I think at least for the next year or two or three, can't tell you when exactly how long. I think the energy sector is a good place to be. Add to the fact that, remember, oil worldwide is sold in dollars, and the dollar is getting weak. So I don't think that's going to change. I think the dollar is going to continue to be weak because we're going to have another huge trillions of dollars of spending coming up. But I don't think, you know, I still think it's going to continue to weak. So I think it's a good place to be at this point. It's already moved nicely as you've probably seen. But I wouldn't hesitate to put, you know, it hasn't recovered to the hold highs it made a year ago. So I think it's still a good play. The KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to subscribers today, as, it does, as I do every Friday. The market conditions sections, I explained that it was a full week for economic reports as the market moved higher on positive news regarding the progress of COVID-19 vaccines. Seems that investors were ignoring and are ignoring the increased spread of COVID infection because they're looking forward and they're saying, ah, the vaccine's going to solve this problem for us at some point down the road. 
Remember, investors always look forward. So they invest looking forward. For October, pending home sales fell 1.1% in the aftermath of uh, dropping 2% the previous month. However, every other part of the housing market is only showing strength, right? New home sales, existing home sales, strength. But pending home sales, you know what that is? That's signing signing contracts. You actually make the buying. That's what that means. And that's important, but that, that's showing a little bit softening there. Maybe because the prices are getting so high. Maybe. Uh, you can also mention them switching over, change over from value to, to uh, from growth to value, tiniest parts of the market, and maybe that's the parts that you need to think about when you want to invest going forward. Um, um, so the portfolio management section, I talk about the best ways to hamper your portfolio in performance is to allow losses to linger too long. So and say, well, how do you how do you stop that? Well, you do stop that before you even buy it. You give write down the reasons you bought the company. And if those reasons start if don't exist as the market as the stock goes down, if those reasons start disappearing or no longer true, get out. Try not to invest using your emotions. Use logic. Write down things. I bought this company because it has a new widget, and the new widget is dominating the marketplace. What if someone six months later comes out with another new widget that replaces your new widget? That changed your scenario. Get out. You see, that you, know, it, you just have to be consistent and not let your emotions make your decisions for you. Okay. Um, let's see. Stock ideas. The world's largest fertilizer producer. Why? You've heard me talk about. I think commodities are going to be the movers. Well, commodities is food too. If the world economy recovers, the demand for food and growing crops rises. Fertilizer demand skyrockets. So there's a big fertilizer company that we like. Also, the world's largest supplier uh, of oil and gas industry, supplier of products and services to the oil and gas industry. The world's largest supplier of products and services to the oil and gas industry. Do you know who that is? Largest. So I mentioned that, talked about it. Uh, you know, uh, what they're doing to try to improve their, their prospects uh, going forward. And, yeah, I thought it was... A, Pretty good pick. Consumer watch. Okay, when the current spike in COVID-19 cases and a renewal effort to convince people to work from home, I touch on how you might overcome some of the mental and physical health issues that will likely arise from being confined to home. It's kind of depressing to always be stuck at home to work, I think. So I, I, my, my consumer watch, I talked about what you can do to try to relieve some of that. And one of the things is don't change your routine. You know, you get up, you get ready to go to work, you go to work, you work, you go to lunch, and you work in the afternoon, and you come home. Well, you should keep to that routine at home. You get up in the morning, get dressed, work, take a lunch break, work, get off. Keep your routine. It may, you know, mentally, it keeps you in the game, makes you sharper, it makes you happier in the long run. 
uh, also stay in touch with others. You know, with family, don't just because you can't go see them doesn't mean you can't uh, email them, you can't FaceTime them, you can't, you know, same with coworkers. You know, and try to get together with them if you can in a safe way. And, of course, always keep healthy, continue to exercise, take your vitamins, those kinds of things. Because, you know, you got to stay healthy. Don't just be stuck in the house. You know, we can't go to the gym anymore. Suzanne, my wife, and I can't go to the gym anymore. We go, I mean, I, we go every day for like five days a week. Okay? I may not look like it, but I do. So what do we do now? Well, she has to lift weights at the house, and we don't have a lot of weights to lift. And then she has to kind of run, walk around the neighborhood. What do I do? I ride my bike. I mean, I just rode it this afternoon. I usually go between 25 and 45 miles a day for five days a week. Trust me, it is exhausting and boring because it takes a long time. I used to just go to the gym for an hour. Now it takes two, two hours plus. But I'm keeping active. You need to keep healthy. We all do. Okay? So if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, it, you go to investtalk.com and subscribe. It's, not, it's pretty easy. So we have a live call. Let's go to Edgar from San Diego. Yes. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call, Edgar. I appreciate it. Oh, sure. My pleasure. Hey, uh, listen, uh, uh Steve, I am trying to add some bond into my portfolio, and I was looking at the short-term corporate from uh, Vanguard, and then I was uh, comparing it to uh, Jenny May. I was uh-huh. wondering what you think about this comparison and which one would be more suitable. Huh. I, I think from a uh, – this says Vanguard short-term corporate bonds versus Jenny May. I would say I would probably go with the Vanguard short-term corporate bond. The reason being there's better diversification. Jenny May is just one type of product, Jenny May. And it's good. It's solid. It's safe. Don't think – don't think and concern – I'm not concerned about the safety of it. I just like the diversification better in the Vanguard. So that's the only reason I would do the Vanguard. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Edgar. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And I really encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have posted on our website, investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. There's two T's in there, no spaces. Investtalk.com. You can learn about the various investment strategies that we have and then different kinds of opportunities. You know, we have the equity income plus strategy. I got like five or six different strategies there different types of programs you can invest in. It's a dividend investment with a little bit of boost. So we buy a dividend-paying stocks and we, you know, sell covered calls to get the extra income. And we kind of like that strategy. You know, it's a good income strategy, and plus you're holding on to good, solid, big, usually bigger companies. So if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, everybody, you'll want to reach out to us. Maybe we can help you. You can call Justin Klein or myself, Steve Peasley, in our, our, our uh, KPP Financial Irvine offices in California, Irvine, California. And you can learn more by going to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
A quick reminder, if there's a term that you hear mentioned on the program but you're unclear about what it means or you have a question about it, we want you to ask. It's very likely that you're not the only one with that same question. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay. Uh, uh, we produced uh, 245,000 jobs last month. In November, they expected it to be 460, and yet the market rallied today. The unemployment rate fell from 6.9% to 6.7%. Do you remember how low it was when it was at its low? Uh, what, a little bit below 4%? Okay, hourly earnings were up year over year to 4.4% increase versus 4.2 a month ago. And for the month, hourly earnings were up three-tenths of percent. They were expected to be up only one-tenth of percent. Now, is that inflation? See, inflation is two parts, right? I mean, goods and services and also salaries. Are we seeing inflation? Nah, you can't say it yet. Not, not nearly enough. Not, it's got to be consistent. It's got to be month over month and kind of start increasing more, accelerating a little bit, that kind of thing. So really can't say that. Okay. Um, a legendary macro hedge fund manager, Paul Tudor, expects explosion, an explosion of our economic growth, an explosion in economic growth next year. And he cites vaccine and stimulus. Gee, I wonder who else has been saying that. Have I been saying that for weeks? Yes. So he feels the stock market has never seen this kind of combination, okay, where you have government spending huge amount of money to stimulate and the interest rates so very low. Interesting. Interesting. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, our, walk will, our work will continue after the break here. So get your questions in. You can do it now, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday, and the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow. So you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's taking your calls live. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hey, good afternoon. I'm analyzing two insurance stocks, ANAT, Apple, Nancy, Apple, Thomas, and UNM, Uranus, Nancy, Mary. I'm looking to add one of these to my core holdings as a growth and value play. And was wondering which company you would prefer and why, please. Thank you. Hope you guys are staying safe and happy holidays. Okay, probably since I had some time before you know, we came back on air and I knew he was talking about these two stocks, of the two, I'd probably pick Unum. And for really basically one reason, Unum is a $4.9 billion company. But one reason is that it's consistent in its sales and earnings. Okay, whereas... The other one, A-N-A-T, is not, not consistent. Now, and because of that, both of them are fairly inexpensive. A-N-A-T is a $2.3 billion company, so American National Group. So it's not small. 
Uh, and but I I like the consistency of Unum in their sales and their earnings over the years. They've constantly pretty much gone up, down a little bit this year, about down eight percent this year, then recover four percent next year on earnings. Sales shrank in the you know March quarter four percent was flat in the June quarter and now up one percent in the most recent quarter, and it'll probably be up a few percentage points. It's not great growth, but it's consistent over long periods of time. It's been very consistent. It's selling for $24, Unum is, UNM, and they're going to make $5.21. Okay, that's four and a half PE. What's their five-year range? Two to 13. So it's never had a high PE, but once it goes to 10 PE, if it goes 10 to PE, just a 10 PE, based on next year's earnings, this stock will be $52. That's a hundred over a hundred percent return. That's that's why I like I like the fact the deep value. See, people are saying that all oh, the stock market is overvalued, but there's pockets that are not. Insurance is one area that's not overvalued, undervalued. It's a value stock. Okay, so okay, uh, let me get out my uh, last talking point. Okay. This is interesting. I read this article. $7 billion were taken out of the Vanguard S&P 500 fund, the VOO, the ETF, in one day. In one day. Okay? And it didn't affect the price at all, and they were able to do it. How did they do that? How, how, how could they lose $7 billion worth of assets in one day and not affect something? Didn't affect the price, didn't affect them, didn't affect anything. How they did that was they didn't do it in the open market. Another institution contacted them before and said, hey, we want, we want to, uh, we want, uh, we're going to remove our $7 billion that we have invested in VOO. And what they did is they took stocks. They took the stocks instead of cash. Isn't that interesting? Now, we don't know who the institution was, by the way. We don't know. So, just so you know, Bank of America, it could have been them. They have $14 billion of VOO. Okay? Uh, VOO had also $19.5 billion inflow to their fund this year, total. $19.5 billion. What does this tell us? tells us, and you should pay, pay attention, that there's a lot of institution or institutional buying of ETFs. ETFs were really designed for the smaller people. You, me, we buy, you know, get into an index, uh, buying any ETF, buy and sell the same day if we wanted to. But institutions are big investors. Bank of America has $14 billion in VOO. What else do they have? What else do other big institutions have? What if they really? What if they wanted to sell seven billion in the open market? That would in one day. Now that would be stupid, because that would drive the Dow, the Nat, the S and P five hundred down, right? Because if they say, okay, I want to cash in, that's seven billion dollars worth of S and P five hundred stocks they'd sell in one day. They'd sell, yeah. I'm Steve Peasley, and it completes another Investop program, everybody. I will return next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members. I talked to somebody who did, told a bunch of people, and I thanked them wholeheartedly. So I thank you wholeheartedly for telling other people. 
In the meantime, remember, tell you, you, know, you can download for free 100 archive podcasts. That's at Google Play, Spotify, investtalk.com. Free. Okay? You can also rate us. Now, if you want to listen live, you can all hear the program every day, Monday through Friday, live on investtalk.com. Just click on the Listen Live button. It is free. We're on every day, 4 o'clock Pacific time. Independent thinking and shared success. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.